the Son therefore shall make you sweet, ye shall be pleased indeed. We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for October 31st, 2010. Uh, so we're, actually we're about 9, nine o'clock at night on Halloween, um, Satan's birthday. And uh, if you want to know more about that uh, Halloween, just go ahead and go up to contendingfortruth.com and... Uh, you can go to download previous sermons or teachings and you can click on the Halloween button there and learn more about that. But this is literally a night that we, we should re- literally be praying against all of the evil that is going on in all parts of the world. Halloween is the highest night of um, human sacrifice on the occult calendar that there is. And uh, whether they're sacrificing a human or whether it's a... Um, animal, depending on what level of occult that, that they're operating through. It is an extremely wicked holiday, and um, this is something that I believe that the Christians should really be praying against, uh, this wickedness that's being perpetuated on this night. And there's many nights of, of high human sacrifice, but Halloween is considered, I believe, the highest. And um, done several teachings on that. But we're really not going to be keen on Halloween in this particular teaching, I'll just give you a brief rundown of the table of contents. We're going to be looking at the RFID technology that's advancing and how that relates to the mark of the beast. We're also going to be taking um, a look at the chemtrails, a new documentary that just came out with G. Edward Griffith in it. It's a very good documentary regarding this, and I actually learned quite a bit from it myself, things that I had no idea regarding the true agenda behind chemtrails. Uh, next thing is uh, actually a whole bunch of different little topics. Uh, a little bit on the Muslims, uh, some on the uh, world of the occult and how this Burning Man thing that's taking that has taken place. If you haven't heard of that, it's a big pagan festival they have once a year in Nevada in the desert, and um, how that's increasing and that Christianity, true Christianity, seems to be on the decrease, which, you know, is what the Bible pretty much will predicts is going to happen in the end times. And um, looking at the Catholics now overwhelmingly supporting homosexual unions, little look at yoga, invading the Southern Baptist ranks, and then also looking on at the voter fraud that is... Uh, really, when you look at the voter fraud issue, it, it's not a matter of of if it's happening, but to the extent to which it's happening. Because this has been going on for years, and it's well documented. And we'll be looking at that. And for people that uh, are thinking that the vote system isn't tampered with, that you, you really want to pay attention to that. And then we're going to be looking at, we haven't done this in a couple weeks, but we're going to be looking at some more updates from the Gulf. The situation down there has not improved. It is not improving. It's just a total media blackout. And there's multiple eyewitness testimonies about what's going on. And just because you're not seeing it on TV doesn't mean that it's not a gigantic problem still. Uh, A couple listener comments, uh, feedback. And then we're going to be looking at the new super vaccine swine flu combination shots that they're coming out with. And the depopulation agenda that goes along with that. 
And then we're looking at a company that had to recently destroy 50,000 pounds of cheese that it made uh, for absolutely no good reason, and just the Gestapo aspects of that. So let's go ahead and we'll get into the study today. The first one is entitled, uh, we're going to be talking about the Mark of the Beast, essentially, and and how the RFID um, relates to that. It's entitled, Will You Grin?, which is an acronym for genetics, robotics, information technology, and nanotechnology, which we've talked individually about those and how that relates to transhumanism. But it says, Will You Grin for the Mark of the Beast? Um, Now, this is a quote by Senator Joseph Biden, when he was a senator, not the vice president, asked during a Senate Judiciary Committee hearing on the nomination of John Roberts to be the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court. This is a quote. He said to him, Can a microscopic tag be implanted in a person's body to track his every movement? There's actual discussion about that. You will rule on that, mark my words, before your tenure is over. This is what Joe Biden said to John Roberts before his tenure of a Supreme Court judge would be over. That you're going to rule that a microscopic tag, you know, implanted in a person's body to track his every move, um, that he's going to rule on that type of of, uh, thing. So, again, just some telegraphing of the punches there. The Bible says in Revelation 13, 16 through 17, and he, meaning the Antichrist, causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in the right hand, or in their foreheads. Notice it says in. The King James is, I believe, it's one, if not the only one, that renders it in the hand. There might be a couple modern day versions that translate it in, but vast majority of them translate it on. Which is a very important distinction, if you think about it. Because if you think it's just on the hand, it could literally be just some kind of tattoo thing which I think there may be a tattoo incorporated into the Mark of the Beast because it's going to be a mark. So if it's purely under the skin, nobody's really going to be able to know you've got it there or know you've taken the mark. I think it's going to be a distinguishing mark that people can come up in. Uh, It'll be an identification tool. It'll be a way to rat people out. Oh, he doesn't have the mark. He's got to die or get the mark. You know. And so... It's probably going to be a combination of some type of microchip and some type of uh, tattoo. Anyway, I've done several studies on that that I actually give you the links for right here on the on the PDF. There will be a 24-page PDF associated with this teaching on ContendingForTruth.com for October 31st, 2010. And as I try to do every week, I try to supply you all the material that I am giving you and, and so you in the links and the audios that I've done regarding these subjects so that it's kind of like one-stop shopping. You can just go up there, click on it if you want to know more about a particular subject. And again, I always tell everybody, don't don't follow me. Don't, don't just believe everything I'm saying. Go ahead, research it. Prove it out for yourself. And um, to see if what I'm saying is true or not. So... Uh, Anyway, it says, and that no man, uh, they're going to receive a mark mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, that no man might buy or sell, save that he have the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. 
and I give you the four links to my teachings there regarding that. One of them is entitled Hexagram and the Mark of the Beast, and then the Implantable Microchip, and then the National ID and the Mark of the Beast. So now some of these are getting a little bit dated now, so if you, if you click on one of these and the information isn't absolutely totally current, well, just bear that in mind because, you know, I've been doing this now for, I don't know, about four years, I guess, it's coming up on. Going further, it says, although the microchip implantation might be introduced as a voluntary procedure. Oh, this is a quote from Dr. Elaine M. Ramish, patent attorney for the Franklin Pierce Law Center. And she says, although the microchip implantation might be introduced as a voluntary procedure, in time, there will be pressure to make it mandatory. A national identification system via microchip implants could be achieved in two stages. Upon introduction as a voluntary system, the microchip implantation will be able to appear as palatable, meaning it'll be okay, when it's voluntary. After there is a familiarity with the procedure and a knowledge of its benefits, implementation would be mandatory. Spoken like a true 1984 George Orwellian fan. Going further, it says, unless you've been hidden under a rock for the past 20 years, you are probably familiar with the development of radio frequency identification technology that under certain applications is forecast to be connected to future GRIN technologies, which is what I gave you that acronym for at the start. Especially neurosciences, brain-machine interfacing, and cybernetics. RFID chips employ tiny integrated circuits for storing and processing information using an antenna for receiving and transmitting the related data. The technology is most commonly applied as a tag for tracking inventory with radio waves at companies like Walmart, or Big Brother Mart, they should call it, or China Mart, because basically everything that gets from China. Uh, Let's go further. Where the consumer's goods are embedded with smart tags that are read by handheld scanners for supply chain management. I'm flat out honest with you, if I even try to buy anything from Walmart, it doesn't work. I I mean, I'm not lying. It doesn't work. Or it breaks within like that day. I don't know how many. I've tried it. (laughs) I can't go there. God will not let me go there. Now, I'm not saying if you shop at Walmart, you're not as holy as me. I'm not telling you. I'm just telling you, for me, that's what's happened. I can't go there. And the more I research that, that ungodly, evil slave labor loving big brother company the more I realize why I cannot shop there so um, anyway that's just me though in recent years RFID technology has been expanding within public and private firms as a method for verifying and tracking people as well we first became aware of this trend a while back when the chief of police Jack Schmiddig I'm probably butchering his name, of Bergen County, New Jersey, a member of the police force for more than 30 years, received a Verichip RFID implant as part of Applied Digital Solutions' strategy of enlisting key regional leaders to accelerate adoption of its product. So in other words, they want people like bigwigs to get the chip because then it diffuses the sheeple people public type of thing. And they're like, wow, if the police chief got it, I sure can line up and, and get it myself. Can't be that bad. So that's that's the, what they're trying to do. Uh, Kevin McLaughlin, Verichip's, Verichip's corporate chief executive officer at the time, said of the event, 
that, quote, high-profile regional leaders are accepting the Verichip, representing an excellent example of our approach to gaining adoption of the technology. So, again, high-profile regional leaders, that's what they're after. Verichip Corporation was renamed Positive ID Corporation on November 10th, 2009, through a merger of the Verichip Corporation and Steel Vault Corporation. So a lot of you may not know that. Verichip was actually renamed a Positive ID Corp. Which would be, I mean, if you were Satan and you were trying to kind of be as low-key as possible, on your way to implementing the Mark of the Beast, hey, a couple name changes wouldn't hurt, you know? I mean, it's like canola oil, which is like death. It's not even, shouldn't even be consumed by, by humans. Well, what was canola oil's original name? Rape seed oil. Well, they knew that that name wasn't going to be real popular with a lot of people when they tried to implement it for mass marketing. Just like they're trying to put soy in everything, canola oil. And again, if you don't know that's bad, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but it is. It's really bad. Soy particularly wreaks havoc with your hormonal system. All kind of stuff in there that can cause cancer. Canola oil... I could do whole studies on each on each thing I just mentioned. And they're just trying to put that in... Really where they try to put those two is in a lot of health food products. You, you, I mean, you go to the health food store, you think you're getting something healthy, and it's death in a box. You know? Box-o-death is what they should call it. But, you know, they're trying to kill us. That's all I can tell you. They're trying to kill us on so many different levels, and we're going to... We're going to talk a lot about that today with the chemtrails, with the vaccination issues. Uh, with We talked about that in numerous other, probably hundreds of studies. So, yeah, uh, I don't mean to be the bear of bad tidings, but that is the case. But anyway, they, they felt as though canola oil was a much more palatable name. You know, it was, so it was a good name change. Well, oh, it's canola oil. I wonder, there is no such thing as a canola plant, just so you know. It's rapeseed. It's in the mustard family. Uh, it's, uh, it's bad stuff. Anyway, uh, through a new and progressive indoctrination program thought, called Thought and Opinion Leaders to play a key role in the adoption of Verichip, this is the actual name of the program, Thought and Opinion Leaders to play a key role in the adoption of Verichip, the company set out to create exponential adoption of its FDA, because you know they're always looking out for our best interest, FDA, the FDA cleared human implantable RFID tag. Which, incidentally, when they put these chips in animals, like the whole, they chip the, your pets and stuff like that, and these people that get chipped, there's an incredible high incidence of cancerous tumors around where they're implanting the RFID chips. Just so you know. So you're, you're, you're getting a very, very high risk of cancer you know, with, with one of these implantable chips as well, whether it be animal or human. According to information released by the company, the implantable transceiver sends and receives data and can be continuously tracked by GPS. So, I mean, you're... I mean, if it's the mark of the beast, and I'm not saying this is the mark of the beast yet, because the mark of the beast, you got to be able to buy... You can't be able to... Uh, you have to have it to buy, sell, trade, Okay. We're not in the seven-year tribulation yet. The Antichrist hasn't implemented this mandatory. So this isn't the mark of the beast. Now, I wouldn't tempt God and even think about getting one of these things. Uh, but if you were to of, you, would be continu- you could be continually tracked by global positioning satellite technology. 
And if you if you if you do take the mark of the beast, it's 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 an eternal death sentence. There is no, you know, way out according to the Bible. I mean, all those that receive the mark of the beast are going to burn in the lake of fire. That's what the Bible says. So it's not something where, you know, you can get it and well, I got it, but you know, I just got it because I didn't want to have the hassle, have my head chopped off, you know. So I, I just kind of went ahead and got it. It doesn't work that way, I'm sorry. Not biblically, at least. Okay. So anyway, um, they can track you with global positioning satellite technology. So, I mean, man, you talk about them owning you. Uh, they can track you 24-7 with the GPS. Of course, they can do the same thing with your phone, though, right now. And the only way you can disable that is if you have the, either the phone shielded or you take the battery out. And uh, the people that make that wallet, that um, the secure RFID proof wallet, which I highly recommend, um, they have a little bag you can buy that actually shields your phone. That will actually won't be able to send out a signal because they can still ping your signal and triangulate your signal if your phone's turned off. So the only way you can prevent that is to actually take the battery out. It's just a little. I mean, I'm just saying, if things got really, really bad, and all of a sudden they implemented the red list, that's the first thing you want to do. Now, I'm not saying that, no, I should say the first thing you want to do is hit your knees and, you know, pray that you be accounted worthy to escape all the things that are coming upon this earth and to stand before the Son of Man. That, you know, obviously I don't want to, but I'm saying from a practical uh, preparation standpoint, first thing you'd want to do is pull the battery on your cell phone. And if they implement the red list, you might as well throw that thing, get rid of it, because you can't use it. You know, um, What you may want to do is go out and buy yourself a throwaway phone. Because the throwaway phones, they can be activated. You could even have that activated ahead of time with minimal... Um, Identification, would say, is in order to activate it. Those those throwaway phones, like they have at the drugstores and stuff like that, not a bad idea. Just something to think about. I've, I've mentioned that in times past, but I like to give little hit hints, like little Heloise hint type things. You know, Scott's hints. You can you can kind of implement along the way. Um, so let's go further here. According to information released by the company. The implantable transceiver sends and receives data that can be continuously tracked by GPS. The transceiver's power supply and actuation systems are unlike ever, anything ever created. When implanted within the body, the device is powered electromechanically through the movement of muscles. In, o- in other words, if they put it under your skin, just the movement of your muscles is actually powering this thing. So in that, in that sense, there's, it's not like you can pull the battery. The only thing you could really do is, is cut the thing out. And I'm sure they'll have something built in at that point where that would almost be impossible if you tried to cut it out. I'm talking the mark of the beast. Um, and then it can be activated by the wear or by monitoring facilities. So, in the wake of the terrorist attacks in New York and Washington and an information technology report highlighted the company's additional plans to study implantable chips as a method of tracking terrorists. See, they're always going to have some nice, flowery-sounding, great idea. we got to track these terrorists. Well, 
if they're terrorists, why would they even be in our country? I mean, what are you gonna, I mean they, they should be in prison or whatever. You know, I mean, you're going to track them? They, they're going on to say, we've changed our thinking since 9-11, a company spokesman said. Now there's more of a need to monitor evil activities. Yeah, well, the people the government considers the most evil are people that like believe in the Constitution and the Second Amendment and free speech and those pesky Bible-believing Christians and those types of people. Just so you know, that's in their own literature right now. They're the ones that they're really going to ultimately come after. They're just going to use this whole terrorist thing as an excuse. They're the ones letting the terrorists into our countries through our open border plan that has been implemented. And that's well documented, even on mainstream news. I'll bet not national news, like you're not hearing whoever talk about it on a nightly basis, but our porous border system, these, these terrorists from the Middle East are coming right up through with the illegal aliens from Mexico and the other Central American countries or wherever they're coming from. And they are, they are a percentage of the people that are coming up here. And it's well documented. We've documented that in previous studies. And it's not even my documentation. It's mainstream news that's documented it. So they're already here. They're, they're doing it by design. They're letting these terrorists be pre-positioned. And when that trigger gets pulled, they're going to have their built-in crisis system where these terrorists are going to be doing whatever they're doing. Like that one guy the other day that we talked to, we were, you were hearing the guy quote, he said, um, a terrorist that has like a, two pounds of anthrax can take out, I don't know, what was it, 100,000 people? You know, and that's like, for them, that's like, they're doing it for Allah, and they're going to be in paradise with their white-skinned boys and all those virgins, as they talk about. And, uh, you know, live in this paradise system. Well, that's what they believe is going to happen if they're martyred. So even if they got infected with the anthrax, they really don't care. So a lot of these people with that mindset are already here on this soil. And, um, you know, it's a wonder it hasn't happened yet. I just think it's it's the grace and mercy of God that this hasn't, but it's gonna, it's going to happen at some point. God has to bring judgment on this wicked nation. He has to. You know, you you cannot have the blood of fifty million babies crying out from the land from the abortion clinics alone is all the only reason God would need. And then all the the thing with the homosexual agendas and and, and the drugs and the pornography and all the the abject sin going on and the absolute total lack of repentance corporately. On America's part, you, you you can't have that. God has to judge that eventually. It has to happen. Anyway, let's go further. Uh, as a result, Positive ID has been offering the company's current incarnation of an implantable RFID as a tamper-proof means of identification. See, the the implantable meaning it's tamper-proof. You can't mess around with it like you could if it was on like the back of a credit card or something. Uh, is a tamper-proof means of identification for enhanced e-business security, tracking, locating lost or missing individuals, tracking the location of valuable property, this includes humans, and monitoring the medical conditions of of at-risk patients. While Positive ID offers testimony that safeguards have been implemented to ensure privacy and connection with his implantable microchips, some believe privacy is the last thing the internal radio transmitters 
will protect. That, in fact, the plane of microchip humanity smacks of the biblical mark of the beast. Has an end-time spirit indeed been pushing for the adoption of this technology of this generation? Um, well, consider the following. I'm going to read you a whole bunch of things here regarding this to confirm this to you, to understand that this isn't just, like, you know, my opinion or something here. Uh, let's go forward here. In 1973, uh, the company Senior Scholastics began introducing school kids to the idea of buying and selling in the future using numbers inserted into their foreheads. In the September 20th, 1973 feature article entitled, Who is Watching You? (laughs) Wow, like, you know, the all-knowing eye of Lucifer on the cap of the unfinished pyramid on the back of our dollar bill. That one. Who is Watching You? The secular high school journal speculated... All buying and selling in the program will be done by computer. Now, this is 1973. No currency, no change, no checks. In the program, people would receive a number that had been assigned them tattooed into their wrist or forehead. The number is put on by laser beam and cannot be felt. The number in the body is not seen with the naked eye and as is permanent as your fingerprints. And again, I think it's going to be obviously more than a number, but it probably will be a tattoo in conjunction with an implantable microchip, as I predicted, I don't know, two or three years ago, whenever I did the teachings on the Mark of the Beast. Uh, The number, let's see, all items of consumer goods will be marked with a computer mark. The computer outlet in the store, which picks up the number on the items at the checkout stand, will also pick up the number in the person's body and automatically total the price and deduct the amount from the person's, quote, special drawing rights account. Meaning they've got, they were, they, they worked that week, Mr. Slave, and at the end of the week they got a certain amount of credits into their account from whoever they're working for. And then they go to the store and whatever they buy automatically comes out of their account. I saw a commercial a while back, a long, well, I don't know, probably two or three years ago, where a guy was in a grocery store, and he was um, going through, and he had this big trench coat on, and he was grabbing all these groceries off the shelves, and he was putting them under his coat like he was stealing them, and he walked past the checkout line, and at the door, like the manager was there, and you thought he was going to bust him, but he gave him a receipt as he was walking out the door, because all of the items that he had on him were already pre-scanned. And they they knew who this guy was anyway, evidently because you can't get away from them because you're already chipped. So it came out of his, it, it automatically withdrew from his account all these items that it looked like he was trying to steal. I, this is the exact same technology they're talking about. You couldn't steal anything, really, because they would know who you are walking in the door because you would be scanned walking in the door and you'd be scanned going out with all the products, and it'd be, it would be du- du- deducted from your account. That's that's the day and times we're moving into. The following year, in the 1974 article, The Specter of Eugenics, had Charles Frankel documenting Nobel Prize winner Linus Pauling's suggestion that a mark be tattooed on the foot or the forehead of every young person. Pauling envisioned a mark denoting genotype. I didn't know he was that evil, Linus Pauling. But evidently he was. In 1980, the U.S. News and World Report revealed how the federal government was plotting national identity cards without which one no one could work or conduct business. 
And again, we 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 were we fought that national ID card for a long time. Thank God it hasn't been implemented at this point. Uh, whether that would end up being implemented or whether they would just try to jump us right to the mark of the beast, you know, it remains to be seen. But I would think that if they really want to transition us, the national ID card would be the next logical step. And this is why I recommend fighting this stuff through prayer and through, you know, I mean, obviously putting your money where your mouth is type of deal where you're actually resisting this stuff. You know, I mean, just resist it. I always resist stuff like this. I mean, you go to a store, what's your phone number? What are you, what are you talking about, my phone number? What, what's next, your social security number? I mean, I'm not mean, but I'm like, man, I'm sorry, I, I normally don't give that out. And, it, and it's good because you're resisting. You're resisting. We're called to resist evil. They don't. What right do they have to know your phone number? You know, I mean, that's that's. Isn't that a little bit personal? What do they want your blood type, phone number, social security? What's your favorite food? I mean, I mean, but that's what it is. It's it's it's, it's data mining. It's they're gathering information about you. And so, I just try to resist that whenever I can. Uh, probably haven't done enough of it, but, you know, just as a little side note there, I wanted to mention that. The Denver Post-Sun followed up in 1981 claiming that chip implants would replace the identification cards. The June 21st, 1981 story read, in part, quote, the chip is placed in a needle, this is 1981, the chip is placed in a needle which is affixed to a simple syringe containing an antibacterial solution. The needle is capped and ready, ready forever to identify something or somebody. Now, I reported on this last year, you know, November, October, December range, when we, we got that report from that one, when all the swine flu stuff was, was going on in full swing. We'll probably get into that again this year. Who knows, it might even be ten times worse. Hasn't really ramped up as much as it was last year at this time. They're trying to take a different tack this year. A little more subtle. But that they have the, the capabilities of putting at the end stage of quality control a microchip at the tip of the needle. And you would get a vaccination. So not only are you getting the death cocktail, DNA-tainted, mercury-filled, who knows what they cultured the thing on, vaccination. Is it a diseased green Reese's monkey kidney? And I'm not making this stuff up. Because that's one of the mediums they actually culture some of the vaccines off. Is it a chicken embryo? Or is it a dead human baby? I'm not lying. That's what they culture at least 13 different vaccines off. They're called human diploid cells. All you got to do is look them up in the PDR. MMR. Miravax. I've got my whole teaching on um, the avian flu on YouTube. You can go up there. I'll give you all 13. And I'm sure there's more. They culture them off dead babies. Now, if that's not cursed, I don't know what is. And how might that be affecting you spiritually if you get that injected into your bloodstream? See, people, you can talk all you want about, and then there's the squalene in the vaccines and, and all the other cancer-causing stuff that they put in there. The thimerosal with the mercury and, and the aluminum and all these things. But what's happening, and we know it's terrible for you on a physical level, but might, what might be happening to you on a spiritual level. I really believe it's pure, it's like a witch's brew. Literally. 
you know, Eye of Newt, Tale of Goat, whatever they put in the old witch's cauldron. It's what it reminds me of. And they're injecting it straight into the, your bloodstream. I don't know what's happening to you on a spiritual level, but I don't want to find out. I, I you know, and then the, then the tainted DNA, which is Satan's way, I believe vaccinations are the most direct way Satan's trying to corrupt the DNA of mankind. What was he trying to do in Noah's day? And Jesus said it was as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. What was Satan doing in Noah's day? He was trying to corrupt the seed of mankind to so destroy the seed of mankind that the Redeemer couldn't even come. Because if he killed, wiped out all, all the human beings on the planet, if, if he totally corrupted the seed of mankind, then how could Jesus Christ ever come through the seed of mankind, that lineage? And I've done studies on that where we talked about that. But that's what he was trying to do. When the sons of God saw the daughters of man that they were fair, they took them wise, all that they chose, and then those days were giants, or Nephilim, or the fallen ones. God had to wipe out the whole world, save eight people, because the seed line of man had been so corrupted and so defiled that the thoughts of man were only evil continually, and it repented God that he had even made man. That's what the Bible says in Genesis 6. Well, he's trying to do the same thing today. I mean, it's pretty wicked, don't you think? Pretty wicked. And the apathy of people and the church in general, and I'm not talking about my listeners, but I'm talking about the average 501c3 corporate church guard that right now is at some trick-or-treat harvest festival at their church or whatever, trying to, to slap some Christian veneer on Satan's birthday. Well, we're taking back Halloween for for God. It was never our holy day, our pagan holy day to begin with. That's where the term holiday comes from. It's a holy day. It's a pagan holy day. Just like Xmas or Christmas or whatever you want to call it, is not the birthday of the Son of God. It's the birthday of the Sun God, Tammuz, originally celebrated as Saturnalia. Tammuz, the sun god. One of the many names of the sun god. Another high night of human sacrifice that ties in with Yule. And then you have Ishtar, or Easter, the goddess Ishtar, the whole fertility goddess thing. I've done separate studies on all these teachings, so if you're infuriated by now, please avail yourself to that information before he that judgeth the matter, before he heareth it is a folly and a shame unto him. You know, it's you can use whatever justification you want, but all I can do is present the information. You're accountable to God at that point, and I'm not saying that because I think I'm Mister Whatever and I know everything, and you know, and I think I'm holier than you. And no, 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 not saying that. If I got what I deserve, I get death and hell. Okay. Uh, as Paul said, "Oh, what a wretch of a man that I am! Who should deliver me from the body of this death?" I can relate to that verse. I really can. It doesn't give us a liberty and a license to sin, but anyway, uh, enough about that little lighthearted little sidebar I just gave you. Uh, Denver Post. 
Yeah, okay, we already, we already read that. So, then, May 7, 1996, Chicago Tribune, questioned the technology, wondering aloud if we would be able to trust Big Brother under our skin. That was a quote from the article. Oh, sure, we can. Come on, what's this world coming to if we can't trust Big Brother under our skin? I mean, come on, we all just need to lighten up a little bit, right? Come on. Sorry. Anyway, uh, then, in 1997, applications for patents of subcutaneous implant devices for a person or animal were filed. In August of 1998, the BBC covered the first known human microchip implementation. Implantation, I'm sorry. That same month, the Sunday Portland Oregonian warned that proposal proposed medical identifiers might erode privacy rights by tracking individuals through alphanumeric health identifier technologies. The starting Oregonian feature story depicted humans with barcodes in their foreheads. See, that's why I say I really believe it's going to be a combination tattoo implant, and they're connected in some way. Well, I, I just had that story not too long ago on those tattoos that you're going to be able to apply to your body, and they're like keyboards, like where you can actually access things through these keyboards on your body. And you can, like, play stuff. I mean, it was so freaky, I I can't even comprehend the technology. But just remember, God's technology, the Lord Jesus Christ, this is like, you know, the biggest scrap junk heap he's ever, you know, I mean, compared to the technology he has access to. (laughs) I mean, let's face it, he made the universe, he makes the sun burn, the planets spin, you know, it's not nothing compared to that. But, I mean, for, by my little peon brain thing, I mean, it, it, yeah, I look pretty impressive, I have to admit. So, anyway. Who knew? Um, and then, millions on the Today Show, or millions of Today Show viewers, watched the 2002 when an American family got chipped. With Applied Digital Solutions Verichip Live from a doctor's office in Boca Raton, Florida. I don't know if you can go up to YouTube and you, you can watch the video. You can key in today's show, 2002, you know, Applied Digital Solutions. You'll see these people getting shipped in a doctor's office. I mean, what a pathetic, pitiful, sickening thing to watch. I couldn't hardly watch it. I just, you know... It's just, it's sad. It really is. But the the reality is, is we're probably going to be looking at, you know, the vast majority of people on planet Earth are going to line up for this thing. In November of the same year, IBM's patent application, uh, IBM being an incredibly evil company and for on a lot of different levels, they literally were the ones that were in charge of uh, the head counts and tracking during Hitler's rise to power. And I mean that literally. They had a lot to do with um, those Horvath machines that they used, those punch card machines that they used to track. I've, I've reported on that. Um, there's a website, We the People Will Not Be Chipped, a good friend of mine. And he... Uh, we the people will not be chip.com, I believe, and he's got a ton of information. If you want to know more about that and IBM and the mark of the beast and the, and the RFID chips, I mean, that's like. Also, Catherine Albrecht, who wrote the book Spy Chips, that's another. 
I mean, I'm just touching on things here. I'm, I'm not the definitive source. I'm like a liaison. You know, I, I'm not like, um, I'm like the jack of all trades, master of none. You know, that expression. I'm kind of like that liaison to try to get you there. If you want to know more about it, I'm like a go-between. That's like my niche, you know. But I'm not, I'm not like Catherine Albrecht where, where I've got like a book on this subject. The closest I am to that would probably be Avion or H1N1, the vaccination issues. Because, I mean, I did all that research where I did that 14-city tour and, and spoke on that. So I, I researched a ton on that. Um, but anyway, so, yeah, these people actually, um, uh, let's see here. Yeah, the IBM patent. But anyway, they, they filed for a patent application for identification and tracking of persons using RFID tagged items. So it doesn't surprise me, you know, that IBM has a lot to do with this upcoming Mark of the Beast, and they will. Three years later, former Secretary and Health of Human Services Department, Tommy Thompson, forged a lucrative partnership with Verichip, Verichip Corporation and began encouraging Americans to, quote, get shipped so that their medical records would be inside them in case of the, an emergency. Again, a high-profile guy encouraging people to do this. The state of Wisconsin, where Thompson was governor before coming to Washington, promptly drew a line in the sand, passing a law prohibiting employers from mandating that their employees get shipped. Other states since have passed or are considering similar legislation. Well, that's good. I mean... Um, and again, I'm glad there's been resistance, because if there was no resistance, the Illuminati would have already steamrolled this through. Despite this, in the last decade, an expanding number of companies and government agencies have started requiring the use of RFID for, people's, for people identification. Unity Infra Projects, for example, one of the largest civil contractors in India, tracks his employees with RFID. As, and I'm not sure if that means they're, they're doing it on badges or whether these people are actually chipped. It doesn't say, but it says, as does the U.S. Department of Homeland Security for workers involved in baggage handling at airports. See, that's the whole thing with the, with the national ID. The thing in the national ID would, what they would want to do eventually is say, well, you got all the stuff on the national ID card, but you can lose it. But if we put it in your forehead or in your right hand, then you can't lose it. So that, that'll be the, the excuse they'll try to use. Since September 11, 2001, the U.S. government has proposed several versions of the national ID card that would use RFID technology. Starting in 2006, the U.S. government began requiring passports to include RFID chips. Did you know that? If you got a new passport, you got a big fat RFID right in that back cover. Now, that, that company that uh, sells this the wallets. Anyway, that, the company's Identity Stronghold, I, I believe it's Identity Stronghold, they've got a passport case as well as wallets that shield all your credit cards, and they've got one for the passport that will shield the RFID. Because if you have that, and somebody has an RFID reader within distance of you, they can get a ton of personal information about you, and you'll never know it. And identity theft is a huge problem right now, as you you know, you see advertised quite a bit. So anyway, it might be something you want to think about. Identity Stronghold, just go up there, see what products they have, and if the Lord impresses you to, you to get any of those, you know, you can do that. And then 
uh, going further, says hundreds of Alzheimer's patients have been injected with implantable versions of the RFID tags in recent years. Well, that way, because if they're really bad, severe arthritis case or arthritis, <laughs> no, Alzheimer's cases, and they wander out of wherever facility they're at, well, then they can be tracked, you know. So they've always got some flowery excuse for it. RFID bracelets are now being placed on newborns at a growing list of hospitals. Doesn't mean they're implanting them, but they're bracelets where they're RFID and, and you know, the babies, whatever, they would use as an excuse if it's stolen, then they can track them. Students are being required in some schools and universities to use biometric uh, employing RFID for electronic monitoring. Thousands of celebrities and government officials around the world have had RFID radio chips implanted in them so that they can be identified, either for entry at security sites or for identification if they're kidnapped or killed. Okay, going further, others like Professor Kevin Warwick have been microchipped for purposes of controlling keypads and external devices with the wave of a hand. I've seen those too where these people get shipped and they can they can literally get into their house just with the wave of their hand. And, and they're, they're putting a lot of that technology into the cars now. They're trying to get us used to that whole being so dependent on technology. I mean, they show... I've seen commercials, they get in the car, and you talk to the car, and it does what you want, and this and that, and it's like, they're trying to get us so dependent on technology, and virtual, like this virtual world that we would actually live in, this, this create, really, literally, it would go beyond that into the whole fantasy world that we could actually tap into, like where we have those fantasy role-playing games that I discussed recently, and, and actually to create things where you could go into like, different, whatever scenarios, and that's what they want to do. They want to create total dependence on the beast system that will be based in technology. So let's go further. Uh, besides providing internal storage for spe- individual specific information like health records, banking, and industry, the technology envisions a cashless society in the near future where all buying and selling could transpire using a version of the subdermal chips and wireless authentication. Time Magazine in its feature story, The Big Bank Theory, and what it says about the future of money recognized how this type of banking and currency exchange would not require a laser tattoo. Rather, the writer said, quote, your daughter can store the money away in any way she wants, on her laptop, on her debit card, even in the not-too-distant future, on a chip implanted under her skin, your daughter I saw a, uh, a commercial um, on the computer the other day, and it showed they've got this new thing now on the certain iPhones where you get a, like a check, and you scan it with your iPhone, and, and your bank, it deposits into your bank account. How does that work? I mean, they don't even have a physical check. They just have a scan of the check that you got sent. But again, what they're trying to do is get you so dependent on this type of technology, and it's all by design. In 2007, Positive ID, which owns the Food and Drug Administration, approved Verichip that electronically transmits patients' health information whenever scanners passed over the body, ominously launched Xmark. Hmm, that was the name of their new program, entitled Xmark, 
as its corporate identity for implantable healthcare products. X mark. Wow. The fact that it will have mark in the name, like X marks the spot, but it's, it's, that is its actual corporate identity for implantable healthcare products. So they're getting a little more and more flagrant as the days and times move ahead. And now the Department of Homeland Security is working out how to implement the Real ID Act with the goal of codifying an international biometric ID system. The list above continues to accumulate, causing a growing number to wonder if an RFID adoption will, for all practical purposes, result in every man, woman, boy, and girl in the developed world having an ID chip inside them like animals worldwide already do sometime this century. Students of eschatology and studying of end-time events find it increasingly difficult to dismiss how all this looks and feels like the movement fulfilling Revelation 13, 16 through 17, which I already read, but I'll go ahead and read it briefly. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. As newer versions of the RFID-like transmitters become even more sophisticated, adding other prophetic components, such as merging human biological matter with the transistors to create a living, implantable machines, are on the horizon. The authors believe this possibility, this is the possibility that the mark of the beast could arrive through a version of this type of technology. In other words, they're, they're merging human biological tissue or matter with the transistors, they're the RFID chips that they're injecting into you. That is one reason we found the recent discovery uh, that is one reason we found the recent discovery news report evidently oh, it's entitled part human, part machine, transistor devised, particularly disturbing. And it says, quote man and machine can now be linked more intimately than ever. Scientists have embedded a nano-sized transistor inside a cell-like membrane and powered it using a cell's own fuel. What would that be? Well, it would be most likely the mitochondria of the cell, which is the powerhouse of the cell, which is where it derives energy from. But anyway, little anatomy lesson there. Uh, the research could lead to new types of man-machine interactions where embedded devices could relay information about the inner workings of proteins inside the cell membranes and eventually lead to new ways to read and even influence brain or nerve cells. Well, that's what I want. I want these injectable nanorobots influencing my brain and nerve cells and patterns. That's what it's going to come to. Not only is the mark of the beast going to be doing something to you physically, and I believe a control method and probably a way to take you out if you're out of line. Oh, you've been a naughty boy today. You'll have to die. Or you're going to have to suffer. And they're going to be able to do this remotely to you. They're already doing it. We reported that last week on those, those RFID implants that they're injecting into people. These people that are going into dentist offices and they're unknowingly coming out with RFID implants. And they're being harassed uh, with all kind of weird sound waves and pain and all kind of things that are happening to them. Why are they doing that? Why? Well, because they're experimenting on the population prior to the implementation of the real thing. They're perfecting their satanic device. That's what they're doing. And these things are going to be able to... Not only... And then another thing, just like the vaccinations, 
how much of a demonic component is there going to be to these cursed chips that they're injecting into you? Cursed, I mean, people go and, you know, the whole alien abduction scenario where they turn up and they've got these implants in them. I mean, it's not their imagination that they're there. Well, how much of a demonic component is is part of that? It's like adopt-o-demon, you know? Demons are us. And you're adopting, you know, so there's this demonic component that's going to be influencing your thinking pattern as well. This device is as close to, to seamless... This, is, this device is as close to the seamless marriage of biological and electronic structures as anything else that people did before. Um, said Asker Noy, a scientist at the University of California, Merced, who is the co-author on the recent ACS Nano Letters. He said, quote, We can take proteins, real biological machines, and make them a working microelectric circuit. And this is just what they're admitting to. That's the thing. This is just what they're admitting to. I mean, their capabilities are probably far greater than even this. A similar story, DNA Logic Gates Herald Injectable Computers was published by a New Scientist magazine the same month as the story above. A few weeks earlier, in an article by the Daily Mail um, entitled, Meet the Nano Spiders, the DNA robots could one day be walking through your body, which reported the creation of microscopic robots made out of DNA molecules. Isn't it funny that I was messing with the DNA and what I keep saying about the DNA over and over again? And the whole transhumanism, cloning, vaccination, end-time defilement of humanity thing? Oh, I guess it's just all a... Big coincidence, I don't know. Who knew? Um, anyway, um, which which reported the creation of the microscopic robots made of DNA molecules that can walk, turn, and even create tiny products of their own on a nanoscale assembly line, evidently inside your body. I mean, that's comforting. That's why I said, I, I would really, with what they've got available, I would try to limit any injections into your body. Keep that to a bare minimum if possible particularly with the vaccination. Uh, okay, so we're, we're done with that first story there. Let's go ahead and go ahead and stop here for part one, and we'll go to part two next. God bless you. If you would like to sign up for Scott Johnson's free Christian current events and health newsletters, please email him at drjohnson at ix.netcom.com. That's D-R-J-O-H-N-S-O-N at the letter I, the letter X, dot N-E-T-C-O-M dot com with the word subscribe in the subject line. Scott Johnson's weekly audios are available for free 24-7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G-F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H dot com. Please help us continue this work. To support this ministry, our mailing address is Scott Johnson, 2nd Line, 450 Conover, C-O-N-O-V-E-R, Boulevard West, number 202, 3rd Line, Conover, North Carolina, 28613. Or on the internet, PayPal can be used at contendingfortruth.com. 
Thank you, and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.